breakfast puppies? This podcast contains adult language and content and is meant for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. It's the Glitter Boys! I gotta tell you, like the thing that I find upsetting the most, and I, I understand how science works. I understand the basic pro- process. It's test your hypothesis, yada, yada, yada. But the fact that the T-Rex may have had feathers and didn't roar, but quacked like a duck makes this just painful to me. Because basically on the cover of this, they're attacking a giant carnivore-eating, quacking dinosaur. <laughs> And it's, it's really hard for me because along with everyone else who grew up with Jurassic Park, the, the T-Rex roars, it doesn't go. And, and, and a roar and a honk are just, they're, they're two different things. You can't, you can't have a mighty honk, you know? It just doesn't work. I think that there's a lot of room for um, suspension of disbelief. When it comes to fantasy (laughs) and science fiction, there's a lot of things that we imagine and a lot of stories that we tell that are absolutely fucking preposterous. Mm -hmm. But we tell them anyway because they're fun. And you know what's fun to me? Gigantic reptiles that scream. And it will be fun that way for me until I die. And you can take my wind dinosaurs ruled the earth T-Rex Mm-hmm. From my cold, dead, fuck you, old man hands. That's which right. As I die, hunk. are curled into a pair of double deuces. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't honk, and Pluto is a planet. No, we got that. But <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> they, they they can't just change the criteria on you. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> this is a sham. It's hard because once you learn a fact, it, it, it requires a mindset to unlearn it, which is why you have like, you know, religions and whatnot, you know, running rampant throughout the, the world. And yeah, it's, it's just hard for me because I look at the cover and this is a beautiful cover. Transdimensional turtles. There's there's a sword sticking into the T-Rex and it, there's blood spilling, which in itself is pretty cool. There's a giant mech on the other side stamping on a field of human skulls. But when you have to cut through the feathers and dodge the dodge the the flat beak, it's just it's just not as good to me. It's just not. You've obviously never had an up close and personal encounter with a goose. It'll still terrify you. <laughs> oh, I have, and fucking swans too. Those fucking bastards. Look at my tongue that has teeth on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so why were we talking about this, anyways? Because we are looking at transdimensional teenage mutant ninja turtles which is the next book in the series of the original TMNT source books that we have been going through since the conclusion of the Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. Well, folks, are you ready to talk about this book? You, you mean this near-perfect, absolutely must-have if you play TMNT and you probably should have if you play any other Palladium game? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's Can we talk so about good. a complete role-playing game? <laughs> so this in 111 pages is the more complete role-playing game than the complete role-playing game known as chaos (laughs) by the way like kevin we do really well to keep working with you we're sorry (laughs) 
I think that's just going to be that's going to be a running gag again until the yeah. double deuces of my <laughs> dead hands. <laughs> no, this is an awesome book. Um, yeah. This is a masterpiece, in my opinion. Like, there's mm-hmm. so much wonderful stuff happening in this book. I, I, it's so hard to figure out where to begin. We could just start from the beginning. Congratulations, mm-hmm. you have more character creation archetypes and they're all fucking cool <laughs> yeah the brain people that float and have the, you you have guild navigators from dune basically you have new psionics which are pretty cool you have new backgrounds which i think many of which are fucking hilarious such as my, one of my favorites you your background is you were adopted by a time lord like <laughs> wow some of these things are so fascinating and and maybe um unintentionally or quite intentionally hilarious it it really does just perfectly fit the theme of the ninja turtles comics which if you're following along uh i think the last thing that we did was guide to the universe Mm -hmm. so now we've moved into that era of tmnt where it is just gonzo all over the universe Yep. All over. Because you've invaded everywhere else. So why not the multiverse? Yep. Okay. So tables. If you love tables with a D100, you will absolutely love this because you have tables and 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 tables. But I would like to draw your draw your attention to what is it? Page nine, where it's talking about the different animals throughout time. And I would just like to make a note make a note <clears throat> of the Jurassic animals. Zero one to zero five, alligator. The Cretaceous mm-hmm. animals. Zero one, alligator. The Cenozoic animals. Zero one, alligator. <laughs> the rest <laughs> modern animals. Zero one, no, it's the aardvark because they've separated it into cold-blooded. But zero one to zero fifteen in the cold-blooded table, alligator. Fucking dinosaurs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, but like ancient dinosaurs. We're not talking like, you know, nearly new dinosaurs. We're talking, you know, this whole land thing would be an interesting place to lay my eggs, dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I love it. They, while they missed one of my favorite pre-modern animals, they did get my my other favorite, which is the Paraceratherian. Mm-hmm. Right there on the Cenozoic table, my favorite, favorite grumpy giant land mammal. <laughs> you know, what's funny is that I was coming up with a snarky response when you said one of your favorite animals that wasn't there. And my brain was just like, what, like a cassowary? And you know what? You know it's there. Top left of page <laughs> 10. I was like, the moment I said it, that I looked and it's on the page. Mm-hmm. Now, dear listener... There are some references on this table that go to books that we haven't covered yet, because for this project, we're very specifically sticking with the TMNT and other strangeness books and not the After the Bomb books, because that's going to be a separate chain. And we kind of want to promote the Kickstarter or the new TMNT stuff. And this is one of the books that's in the new collection. So Mutants Down Under... Roadhogs, mutants in Avalon. If they're referenced here, unfortunately, we you might need to go back and uh, or or wait or just wait wait till we get to those. Yeah, yeah, it'll be exciting. Then you too can play a cassowary or a floating <laughs> human big brain baby. 
or a panda with a jetpack. <laughs> oh my god, all of the dinosaurs. If you've never if you ever wanted to play a ninja dinosaur that can also have a modern well, not modern, but an M16 because I believe that was modern at the time. 89? Yeah. You're talking about the duckoid? Yeah. <laughs> I think we were up to the M16 a three or a four by then so yeah or if you ever wanted to play a bipedal stegosaurus with a giant axe mm-hmm. we got you covered yeah or given the fact that this game does lean into time travel and does do offer some very interesting modifications to the background skill packages you could play a cassowary in the renaissance period mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I want to say that my favorite, though, of all of the new arts for all of the new characters, the Smilodon, the saber-toothed tiger. Yep. The Megatherian giant sloth is pretty cool, but that necklace saber-toothed tiger. <laughs> I know. Its, it's fangs are touching its nipples. <laughs> it just looks like, it looks like a rough trade night at the club, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Although... The uh, Mastodon slash Woolly Mammoth pick on uh, page 27. Mm-hmm. With the comb over? <laughs> yeah. It's pretty good. <laughs> okay. Oh my God. New skills divided into era of history mm-hmm. in which you might experience them. Any the, so fucking wonderful. Norman uh, French. <laughs> <laughs> We're only on page 30 and we're laughing. This is this is this is hilarious. This is a wonderfully whimsical yet awesome book. Yeah, like I mean flint working, just it's it's good stuff. Mm-hmm. I I now have a whole urge to play a mutant donkey whose main skill is the horse teamster wagoneer. <laughs> so we're now getting to the part which is my favorite part of this book, and that is Time and time again, the details of time travel and temporal mm. energy. So much thought was put into this. Yeah. It's just and like the whole time it's being described, it's given in very simple terms that also are complex in uh, complex when you unfold them. But the the way it's described, I can picture every single mm. aspect of it. It is not confusing. It is not something that you need a PhD to understand. This is one, two, three, four, five, five pages of time travel that work in a role-playing game. I love how they did the the twists and how they spelled out, gave you the examples, like the the time pursuit. I like how they talked about how time will flow no matter where you go back. You're not going to come back. If you spend an hour there, you're going to come back an hour later. Mm-hmm. I liked the only thing I didn't like was that it's uh, I mean, here's here's where time travel gets weird is that it, it, it has to have a magic locus, basically, because the Earth does not stay at the same point in the universe and the solar system doesn't. So. You have to move in space and time. Temporal causal intent. Yeah. Yep. That said, uh, time, I mean, the concept of time doesn't really matter outside of those that can understand it, which Mm -hmm. is the people on Earth or other alien creatures. Therefore, 
one might assume that concepts of time are rooted in the brains, the the understanding, the conceptualizations of those who are doing said traveling. Yeah. Therefore, yes, it is time and space, but I don't think you really need rules for space. You don't need the rules for where was the Earth in the universe at this point in time. Right. Because it's all, I think, linked to the conceptual understanding of the universe based on the person doing the time traveling. And I think that might be one of the most confusing and complicated things I've said in a very long time. Would you say it's it's more complicated than the uh, the special artifact, the Cosmic Quartz dig- digital watch, the, the Casio, <laughs> the Casio of chaos? I, I loved that. That was actually in the comic when you yeah. when you first meet Lord Simultaneous, like in the person. It's, yeah. it's a it's wonderful. Lord Simultaneous Galacticus's dorky little brother. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, pretty not much. thrilled about the uh, the sixteen year old assistant, but <laughs> yeah, there's an entire series of the comics that or sequence of the comics kicked off by her trying to run away that introduces us to simultaneous and Romero and all yeah. of that. Again, though, these are such early on in the Ninja Turtles uh, comic strips in the series that. Like when we look at the dates that these things are made and we compare the content of what's in this book at this time to if you follow along in the Ninja Turtles comics of what came out mm-hmm. at what time, we're still so early on. We're maybe 15 issues into the comic series, yeah. if even that. That just shows how ridiculously popular those comics were that we have now had what? including the after the bomb stuff what a half dozen or more role-playing game books come out just to cover that small breadth of black and white comics from an it indie was shop truly wild what happened yeah. i mean all, all i could say now is like to to someone who is not of my age but much younger I mean, what are it's it's it was everything like it was all of a sudden everywhere it was in your breakfast cereals, on your TV. It was uh, in vending machines and little gumballs. Like, it, it it just, it was everywhere, and it happened so quickly. Yeah. Like, this is 1989, and what, we've gone from 86 to 89 with these books, mm-hmm. I think? And just in that slim span of time, this shit exploded. Yep. Mm. Anyway, we've got magic, if you want to be a wizard. So, now so run, much magic. Yeah, yeah. It's actually a lot of good stuff. Most of this just feels like it was copy-pasted directly from the fantasy book, which it probably was. Yeah, until you get to the time stuff, yeah. Yeah, uh, the the Time Lord stuff. Uh, Not to be confused with the Doctor <laughs> Who Time Lord stuff. <laughs> I love it. You're, you play a Time Lord. Your very first power is compute temporal coils. Right. Just those three words together on a sheet of paper. Someone else would look at this and be like, the fuck is this nerd shit? (laughs) (laughs) And then we get the one and only time that I'm aware it ever appeared in a Palladium product, a wizard combat table. The the wizard hand-to-hand level, basically, yeah. Yep, page 42. You can cast two spells per melee. That's not bad. Right right off the bat. I think I see, oh, 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 oh. Oh, oh, yeah, 42, man. That's a little different. They always have magic combat for the various mm-hmm. classes back at the day. But starting the game with two spells per melee, 
That's pretty heinous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And wow, one, two, three, four, five, six at level 12. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, these wizards can just murderfy even high level Palladium fantasy wizards. Yeah. yeah. We'll impressed. start with a blind. <laughs> <laughs> we'll and they have some lightning. <laughs> yeah, they have a fireball. It's, it's bad. No, they do. Yeah. 1d6 points of damage per each level of the spellcaster's not bad. Yeah. yeah. Mm, it's not bad at all. Ooh, paralysis bolt. Yep. 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 Th- these are some classic things. Do they have immobilize the tiger maneuver spell? I don't they have see a web. it. Nope. The, there's carpet of adhesion, web, a couple others, but speed of the snail is the one that I really like on yeah. page 47. Reduces the physical prowess, speed, and mobility of its victims to one third their normal ability. Wow, including attacks per melee. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And it's one to six people. Yep. Wow. Yeah. And that's just regular magic. And then we get into time lord magic. <laughs> right. And then we get into time machines. And I remember when I first read this book back in the day. This was the part that I wanted more than anything else. I remember making a time traveling van. It was wonderful. Oh, yeah. Not just the devices, but to put it into your and then weaponize and then armor the vehicle. Mm-hmm. All of that's here. So, yeah. I mean, the TARDIS yeah. can really eat it at this point, you know, because the TARDIS <laughs> doesn't have 50 cals. <laughs> yeah. Well, so what I like especially about this is the system makes a strong point of distinction between traveling through time and traveling across dimensions. Mm-hmm. And they are not compatible. Like, <laughs> like a machine that does one does that and it does not do the other one. And it's, it's pretty cool. You can literally make a Lamborghini, a Lamborghini Countach time machine with this rule set. Can you make a DeLorean? Can. You can, but for half, half the price of the Lamborghini. I missed it. <laughs> for $60,000, you can get a Tolori. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. These are some interesting costs. Yeah. Well, uh, 1989. Yeah. That's true. That's true. A Corvette for $15,000? What? I mean, they're talking about getting a Harley Davidson motorcycle here for. 10 grand i mean (laughs) within four years of this coming out you couldn't do that (laughs) yeah that said the volvo sedan is forty five thousand. i don't believe the volvo sedan is forty five thousand now but (laughs) all of the ways that you can build vehicles are just wonderful just just so wonderful and man I remember doing a lot of this when we were playing Heroes Unlimited in in high school. Mm. We would just go through the creation of vehicles and weapons and whatnot. And this is just, this is like the the pinnacle of that palladiumness of a game. Mm. (laughs) Just grab some things and fuck around with them. It's wonderful. It it has the cartoon starting to leak in into this, especially with like the uh, optional equipment exclusive to automobiles, hover engine, balloon, submersible, you know. Oh, that's just cool, though. It's yeah, it is cool, but it's also very mask, you know. Uh, oh, yes. I haven't thought about mask in so long. Wow. You could huh. use you could use this rule set to run a Cadillacs and dinosaurs game. 
Yeah. Yeah, you could. All of these older weapons, too. They go into Stone Age weapons, black powder weapons, an entire separate weapon proficiency system just for black powder weapons. A 50 caliber Kentucky. Oh, my God. (laughs) It's, man. And we're like halfway through the book. What else does this book have in store for us? (laughs) I love the the little two, three paragraph history lessons that you get, Mm -hmm. too. Some of my favorites would be, all in all, a pretty boring place for time travelers. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I like that they made the distinction between matchlock, flintlock, and percussion ball cap. Like, that's, I mean, this is... That that scratches my particular itch, and that makes me very happy. There's no wheel lock. This game is incomplete. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not willing to say that it's not. I'm going to scroll back up and make sure. That was just what I pulled out, because I was, I was honestly impressed. No, I... Okay, you're right. It does have a blunderbuss, though. Oh, yes. <laughs> and then you get over to the Game Master section. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'd already been looking ahead. Sorry, folks. <laughs> A survey of time for time travelers, yeah. and the the they they go through the temporal cycles and stuff, mm-hmm. and yeah. like my my the astrophysics nerd in me that my father you know cultivated so strongly is just geeking out on this. Well, just aspects of like they go all the way back to the unfinished universe, like cycle L. Characters appearing here will find themselves deep in space, far from the center of things. Versus like, you know, Psycho K, the universe is now cooled down enough to resemble our own through cataclysmic, through Precambrian and Ordovician. And it's just mm-hmm. so many options. And they they present it all in a very digestible format. Yep. And it all has random tables. Yep. More mm. random tables. More random tables. Also, Casey Jones and the caveman make me very happy. Then we get into human history and various stages of civilization. Uh, it starts breaking down into smaller and smaller and smaller things because, again, we're getting into compressed time mm-hmm. because the, the 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 loops, the twists in time, as they refer to, get broader and broader and broader the further away from the present that you go. And I do like that it's starting to show the future. So it's got like yeah. 1988, the modern world, and then <laughs> 2113 after the bomb. And then it keeps going beyond that. Mm-hmm. What, how, how far are we going in the future here? I think the last one is at 3088. So you guys read about the, the spasm sore? Yeah. <laughs> the 16 tentacled monster with an eight foot mouth. <laughs> And it's always worse when it gets hungry. (laughs) Yeah, there's some fun stuff in here. Just the space society, um, robot encounters, and to take that and then go all the way back to flint napping. What they managed to cover in 110 pages is wild. Like, we're only up to page 94 before we get to the adventures and Mm -hmm. just that stuff. Just the contents in, in 94 pages is covers time travel covers dimensional travel covers dimensional variations covers taking going back in time and then going through a different dimensional warp and and it's it's you can infinite possibilities here true literally infinite possibilities they introduce horror factor to the tmnt world do you think do you think kevin ever slapped down a book like this and just said like 
you know, eat a dick Gygax or do you think that ever happened? Because like just the, the sheer amount of, of how much they pack into these books. Well, that one's getting cut. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, one of the interesting sections is on page 90, IQ and the problems of time travel. It's a little almost throwaway three paragraph bit, but it's one of the couple places in this book where they actually call out spe- specific issues of TMNT. Huh. I never, I never noticed that. Yeah interesting yeah and then you then of course one of my other favorites from this one is on page 91 the war bees (laughs) yeah (laughs) well yeah just all of the getting lost and the, the different possibilities of alternate dimensions it's wonderful i i can't praise this book enough there's and the art is both whimsical and at times gruesome but for the most part, whimsical. Lawson's yeah. art is amazing, and I really hope that they incorporate most, if not all, of this back into the new books. Uh, I also love the first lean into the multiverse that happens on page 94. Yeah. Dimensional possibilities number three, the Palladium Books option, where it's like how to port your TMNT characters into fantasy beyond the supernatural yeah. Yeah. super spies, Robotech, the mechanoids. Yeah. And it's very, very fascinating looking at this from the future. Yeah. <laughs> because we don't see rifts on here because rifts hasn't come out yet. And yet basically it's talking about rifts. It's a, kind of sad that they never well i don't know if they did maybe they did in a book that i haven't read but they didn't take this stuff and bring it to rifts because this is rifts material this is you almost if you want to run a rift hopping game in rifts you almost need this yeah it's so useful it's amazing how to introduce time travel the ever classic Doc Farrell's dynamic dimensional doohickey. <laughs> I, I like the adventures. Okay, I I don't I don't feel like I had any major complaints here. Yeah, and none of them really stuck out to me like some of the previous ones, but they're okay. It it doesn't have that sense of urgency that the other ones had. I feel. Yeah, yeah. That that I think is what made the others like truly, truly awesome. Was mm. that urgency? They just kept moving, and you kind of want that with a Ninja Turtles adventure. Yeah. I, I do want to say that Complete Carnage and Radical Scenario number one, Nuka Mall, is one that if you have caught on to the through line that runs through a lot of TMNT products, it's one you definitely want to read. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just because it's it is literally a continuation of the storyline that starts with tmnt and ends in after the bomb so folks we've reached the end of the book what do you think do we need this book absolutely absolutely no even if you don't play tmnt this is a book that if you play palladium you should own there is enough of organized historical use enough of um well, why can't I hook up uh, a submarine rebreathing apparatus to my car? Like they have them for Nissans. Why can't I do that? There are rules in here that will fit the the person who you may be unfortunate, who is just like me to have in your game, who's going to try that one thing that 
the rules do not cover. Again, nowhere near. And I promise you, he will. It, it's actually in here. Yeah. And this is a very handy book to have. I think that it is invaluable for dimension and time traveling. So much that I'm kind of shocked that I haven't seen this for rips. This is this is straight up like crucial information if you want to like really get nitty gritty into mm -hmm. having a time traveling dimension hopping campaign. Like if we go back to England and we pull out those temporal raiders and those temporal mages, yeah, oh, this is this. You want this? This could make that kind of a campaign infinitely more interesting and successful. Yeah. If you're interested in playing something other than the future or the modern day or ancient, ancient civilizations, you're interested in like Hellenic civilization, uh, the Roman period, um, you like the a campaign set during the Genghis Khan, Genghis Khan, a Mongolian horde period. You want to do a civil war game, it, you know, there's stuff in here, whether or not you want to grab a mutant or not. And then they yeah. take it futuristically so far beyond rifts, like, you know, total machine civilizations and human evolution that has gone in some very interesting directions. This yeah. is if you wanted to play Transmetropolitan, the Palladium <laughs> game, you need this book. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah it, it literally book. covers from the beginning of time to far past our present day so get this book folks yeah. if you haven't already done so check the kickstarter that's unfortunately already over but i believe you might be able to get in on the post kickstarter phase mm -hmm. and join in on the backer kit because they are doing a revamped version of this smoothing out a lot of the wrinkles i understand they're keeping most of the text keeping most of the art is kind of changing the presentation and they've got variant covers and the new covers look amazing. I am so looking forward to getting this book on my yeah. table in that combined hardback version. I can't wait. This book is so good. <laughs> there was another podcast. I recall that talked about palladium a bit. And, and one of the side things that they did very occasionally was randomly roll a die and find a page and talk about the most awesome thing on the page of this book. There's something awesome on every yeah. single page. Yeah. 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 I mean, even, even, even the contents is laid out well. That is probably the least awesome page is the table of contents. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's laid out well, including something they should have more often, the quick find table. Yep. They started doing that a lot more frequently after that, yeah. so. Fortunately, I'm pretty sure we have a lot of those these days. Uh, still no, no, still not a good substitute for an index, but we're starting to get those too. So it's a good time to be a Palladium fan. So Matthew, when do we run our TMNT Robotech crossover since it has rules for it? I know, I know, I know. <laughs> huh. I mean, huh. It'd be easy to port to Recon, too. There's something, you know, out there <laughs> terrorizing the villages. Oh, man. Mutant Animal Recon game, huh? Mm -hmm. I'm down. I, you know, I mean, I've done it once. I can do it again. <laughs> I mean, it, you, you just need mutants down under because Australian, yeah. Australians were present in Vietnam. 
I think I'll be playing the honey possum. Yes. <laughs> well, folks, I think that we can go ahead and bring this one to a close. We've talked about how awesome this book is. So now you, dear listener, need to go get a damn copy of it if you don't mm-hmm. already have one. It's it's worth the time and the effort and I dare say the cost. Yeah, definitely. There there are books out there where NPC and I gave each other a long look and we're like, you know, you can you can get it. It can be useful in some situations. This this deserves a place on your shelf. Go get it. Yeah. If there's any gaming book from the 1980s that you need, it's this one. <laughs> well, once you have gotten that book or pulled it off your shelf and given it another read, drop by our Discord and tell us your favorite aspects of this book your favorite memories of gaming throughout the TMNT and other strangeness, time traveling, dimension hopping, uh, excitement. And if you're feeling so generous, drop by our coffee page and kick us a buck to help pay the bills so we can buy more copies of this book for our own collections. Yep. <laughs> Make that honey possum a thing. <laughs> Good night, folks. Starships. Magic mystic martial arts, romance. All of these can be found in A Cloak of Blades by Isaac Sher. You might have heard my name before. I've done a lot of voiceover work for Breakfast Puppies, and I've recently released my first novel. It's available on Amazon as an ebook and paperback, and you can get it for free if you have a Kindle Unlimited subscription. I do hope you'll support my work as you're supporting Breakfast Puppies. And it's been a pleasure talking with you today. Have a good one. You've been listening to The Glitter Boys, a Palladium Books fan podcast. Glitter Boys, Rifts, the Megaverse, and all other such topics are the property of Kevin Sambita and Palladium Books. Please buy all their stuff and help keep them in print and making more games. You can order directly at palladiumbooks.com, and their entire catalog is available digitally at DriveThruRPG as well. Our opening music is 8-Bit Bass and Lead by Furby Guy from freesound.org. This closing music is Caravana by Philip Gross, available at freemusicarchive.org. All sound effects used are self-made or acquired via Creative Commons Zero License. If you like what you have heard, find us on Twitter and Facebook as The Glitter Boys. That's B-O-I-S. And check us out online at breakfastpuppies.com slash glitterboys. And also join us on the Breakfast Puppies Network Discord at breakfastpuppies.com slash discord. And if you want to help us out, please spread the word and help us build a community. Thanks again for listening. We'll catch you next time. Thank you.